welcome back to Couch Potato Radio here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. It's a pleasure to have with us David Moulton, my good friend, and as I mentioned before, uh, certainly is on the rebound right now. Former KX4 Sports Director, now works at Fox Sports Radio down in Fort Myers, Florida, does so many different things. Unfortunately, he's kind of, uh, well, even if he was uh, not having to go through what he went through (laughs) this past month or so, he uh, wouldn't have sports to go back to anyway. But uh, David, thanks so much for being with us. And uh, I've been keeping people up to date on Facebook, whatever, who certainly remember you from your days here on uh, on our sister station. What was then the ticket, now the fan. So glad that you're doing well. Well, Derek, thank you. And uh, there were quite a few people from the Red River Valley who reached out in the last three, four weeks. Uh, yeah, it was all pretty shocking. And uh, to find out you've got cancer and uh, have to lose a kidney and literally to come out of nowhere. But uh, fortunately, knock on wood, uh, so far, all the scans are negative and they they think they got everything. I mean, they just knows they removed enough stuff. So hopefully they got everything. And, uh, you know, my diet will forever be changed, though. The old, you know, if it ain't nailed down, I eat it. That that diet may be over, though. <laughs> well, you know, I guess that is one thing that does happen in situations like this. If you're going to look at anything with the glasses half full, that, uh, uh, you know, certainly it's I think it's a wake up call for not only you, but I'm sure a lot of people around you, myself included. Well, Derek, I'm down 50 pounds. Wow. Uh, you know, I'm about as thin as I was when I was in Fargo. And I've been in Fargo in over 20 years. So, uh, you know, my wife actually looked at me uh, today. And, and you know what I mean. I mean, she actually looked at me <laughs> and, like, raised an eyebrow. And, you know, I've been married 24 years, Derek. Whenever you can get a raised eyebrow from your wife, <laughs> you've been married this long, you're thinking, hey. I got something going on. Yeah, that, I mean, there you go. I, I I certainly don't want to lose a kidney to lose fifty pounds. I, I, I'm gonna try no. to do it on my own. No. But uh, yes, but Derek, a, a raised eyebrow yeah. during the course of the week. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. I I, I haven't had one of those. I think since uh, you know, right? Yeah, well, college years Absolutely. maybe. Yeah. Right. If you're a middle-aged guy, you can get a raised eyebrow before Saturday night. That's a good week. That, that, that's, that's a, a good ver- that's a very good point. Holy cow! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you and I were chatting a little bit once you made the announcement on the air via Twitter. Obviously, and I'm sure that a little anxious moments when you find out, hey, you're going to lose a kidney. We got to make sure that it's just narrowed to that. No question. Uh, you know, they spent three days searching everywhere else for cancer, and. Uh, you know, it, it had moved a little bit, but it had not gotten out of the immediate area. So, you know, they, they took they took a few other things out. But, uh, you know, knock on wood, so far, so good. Yeah, well, best to you. You've had a lot of well wishes, certainly from this area. Whenever I've uh, posted stuff on Facebook with your updates that, uh, that the uh, Miller and Moulton Facebook page had and, and with your partner, Mark Miller, and, of course, sharing your Twitter account. So I certainly do appreciate that. If people do want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? I never. I should mention that more. Uh, the David Moulton. The it David Moulton. Obnoxious, all right, but uh, I couldn't. I got fired from uh, you know the station three years ago, and I had a Twitter handle that was associated with the station. And so to come up, you know, with something quickly, uh, I was like, "What do I do?" And they said, "Well, either put that or D in front of your name." So in honor of the Ohio State Buckeyes, <laughs> all right, I I put the David Moulton. Yeah, you didn't want to do the real David Moulton like the president or <laughs> like that. <laughs> 
didn't think of it. Yeah. Listen, I'm trying to have it be as few characters as possible. That's right. David Moulton with us. He's the former KX4 sports director. He used to work with us here in this building. That was uh, then the ticket and now was the fan, seven for the fan. And uh, certainly was on uh, been on KFGO with me a lot here f- throughout the course of time. It's got to be a tough time for you, though. You and I both love sports and you know, it's one thing. It's you know, with COVID nineteen, you're supposed to stay home, and now you really do have to stay home. This are you bouncing off the walls? Yes, it hit me a couple of weeks ago with everything going on. I, for the first time, I'm like, damn, I really need my sports. Yeah, uh, I watched a lot of golf this past weekend, but you know, Derek, this is Father's Day week. I mean, how many of us, you know, not to be sexist, but guys, uh, this is U.S. Open golf week. Yeah. I mean, that's what this is. I mean, how many Father's Days are maybe church in the morning, a nice meal, and then it's like, hey, what do you want for Father's Day? I want to be left alone, sit in the chair and watch golf. I mean, you know, that's that's our Father's Day, and, you know, it, it'll be different. It'll, it'll be weird. This will be the first time, I think, since uh, World War II, I believe, that uh, the U.S. Open is not being played this weekend. What was your take on golf not having fans? I mean, the little bit I watched, because I'll be honest, I was kind of on the go doing a lot of different things. I didn't watch a lot of it, but it didn't feel all that different to me. But I'm not, you know, I don't really think about it as much on golf as I do with the other sports. I didn't sense any difference on Thursday and Friday, to be honest with you. I mean, some tournaments do well Thursdays and Fridays. Others don't do well attendance-wise. It did feel different on the weekend. It was a loaded leaderboard. You had eight guys in one shot of the lead at one point in time. And, I mean, the golf was terrific, but, you know, it, the wars, which of which there would have been many, uh, the fact that it wasn't there was, was noticeable. The other thing that to me is noticeable is not having all the announcers on site. Uh, you know, you, you're not getting a whole lot of insight from the analysts. They're not talking to any golfers on the range. They're not walking the course. They're not, you know, taking a look at the greens. I mean, they're all sitting in the studio in Orlando watching it on TV. I mean, that's, I know as somebody who in theory is going to do football in the fall, you know, we don't know if we're going to be broadcasting on site or not for both college or pro football, or are we going to be in a studio somewhere or are only some of us going to be in the booth? I mean, will the play-by-play and color commentators be in the studio, but the sideline reporter will be on the sidelines. I mean, the networks literally Derek, have not decided. I mean, I asked last week, I asked the folks at Fox because I work uh, with Joe Buck on Fox golf. I, I said, so what are we doing? We got the U.S. Women's Amateur and the U.S. Amateur coming up in August. What are we doing? And the answer literally was, "quote We have no idea." It's interesting. I, I mean, I, you and I haven't talked a lot about just kind of the opinions on it. I went off a little bit earlier today when I was on Tyler Axon's show, but you know, it was it came out that Ezekiel Elliott has COVID nineteen, and I and I guess one thing I'm a little bit bothered by, and so much of it kind of comes politically and all that, but. I thought to myself, okay, well, if you look at the numbers, yeah, young, healthy people, they should be okay. I'm 47 obese. I mean, I probably would have a better chance of dying from it than what a lot lot of younger people do. And, you know, we talk about testing and all that, but I'm guessing when you're looking at a situation like this, you hear about flu bugs going around in in clubhouses, and I don't know, that's going to be a whole different look now from here on out. What's your opinion on this as far as sports actually being able to come back and fans actually being able to come back as – 
knowing the data is out there right now of people under 60, you know, most likely if they maybe have a few symptoms of most of them are asymptomatic. I mean, are we going to change our mindset as we go forward? Well, I think if we're going to change anything, because, you know, I live in Florida and in the Southeast, they've completely opened up the Southeastern Conference is sending out memos about, you know, hey, we're going to try to get as many fans in the stands as possible. I am wondering, as colleges and pro teams start to report and work out, et cetera, and now we're starting to hear, you know, seven Alabama football players have tested positive, and now we've got Cowboys and Texans testing positive. Will teams and or colleges change their tune not about playing, because, and I hate to say this like this, but, you know, the players are commodities. They're going to get used here. There's way too much money at stake in pro and college football for them to not play. And these players are young and in most cases healthy, and they're going to get used. But I do wonder if we have a second wave or a spike, whatever you want to call it, of COVID cases, even amongst the athletes, will it get teams and leagues and schools to reconsider whether or not they're going to put people in the stands or not? I mean, we're going to play football, and we're going to start damn close on time because if we don't start on time, it may not happen at all. I mean, think about it. If you're not going to start in September, well, supposedly later on in the fall and the winter is when flu season combines with COVID, and we could have a second wave. So if you don't get started in September, when are you going to start? 2021? So to me, Derek, we're going to play. It's just a matter of will there be fans in the stands, in my opinion. Yeah. It's interesting when we talk about cases versus the actual getting ready for ICU beds. You know what I mean? It's, it's it, The narrative has changed so much. I guess that's the kind of the head-scratching well, thing. But also, me. you know, Let's go back. You had me on a couple months ago, and I said, you know, Derek, if you're running a league or you're running college sports, you have to answer this question before you move forward. What are you going to do when someone tests positive? Not if, but when. Yeah. So to me, these leagues had to have already thought this out. This can't be shocking anyone. I mean, how can this be a surprise? All right. People are testing positive. Of course they're going to test positive. They're out and about, especially younger people. Younger people are not social distancing as much. Younger people are indestructible. And even if they get it, the data says that, you know, it's hardly going to affect them 98 to 99% of the time. So, of course, these athletes are going to get the coronavirus. The question is, What are you prepared to do? And my guess is that unless it becomes a full-fledged outbreak, that they are just going to rip their teeth, put their heads down, and they're going to play through this. Yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. David Moulton with us, part of of uh, Fox Sports Radio down in Fort Myers, Florida, does a spotting for uh, Joe Buck, usually for the U.S. Open, and also uh, Troy Aikman and Gary Danielson in the CBS uh, game. Well, David, you mentioned the fact that, uh, yeah, football looks like it's going forward. And then there's Major League Baseball. Good news, Red Hawks are going to start up on July 3rd in the American Association with three hub cities, Fargo one of them. The bad news is is that Major League Baseball can't get out of its own way. I blame the owners. 
you know, I don't know if it matters, but I blame the owners. Uh, and if you're not blaming the owners, ask yourself this. How come the players have always gotten paid 100% for a day's work, but now during the coronavirus they should accept less? Yeah. Also, it's not a revenue-sharing sport. I mean, the players don't share in the profits. Why should they have to share in the losses? I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's the risk of owning a business. It just is. It's not a salary cap sport. Now, in the other sports, you share in this sort of thing. That's like in basketball. If they don't want to play, well, it'll cost them $800 million to $1 billion in revenue, and the salary cap's going to go way down in the next couple of years. So if you don't want to play, it's going to cost you a ton of money. But baseball doesn't go by a salary cap. Now, I think we all think the owners want a salary cap, but that's for the next CBA. Uh, Derek, here's my whole thing. If Commissioner Manford is going to put forth a 50-something game season, I'm literally not even going to pay attention. Let me ask you this, as a diehard Twins fan that you are, if the Twins win the World Series this year, with a 54-game regular season, will it feel like 87 and 91, or will it feel like a gimmick? Um, I, I wouldn't call it a gimmick. I mean, I'll take it since 1991 is the last time we've had a championship. I understand. And, and, and so it, it, I think it would be it'd feel a little bit different if like a strikes season for the Vikings it being their first one. Does that make sense? Like they say, they're yeah, about the Derek. I mean, a fifty-game regular oh, season know, is a five-game NFL season. I mean, think about it. It's a four-game college football season. No, I get I mean, it. Will it real? This isn't like nineteen eighty-two, and I don't know how many people remember the NFL in eighty-two. But there was a strike, and they only had a nine-game regular season. You know, the Vikings made it to an NFC Championship game in a strike year of 87. Right. You know, where they played 15 games, and they had a few games where they had, uh, you know, uh, stab players. But that felt legit. You played 15 games, 12 or 13 with regular players. All right, that felt legit. In 82, you had a nine-game regular season, an expanded playoff, so it took you three rounds to get to the Super Bowl. Nobody has ever said when the Redskins and the Dolphins played in that Super Bowl and Washington won that that championship was not legit. They met the minimum standard. They played over half a season. They added an extra round of the playoffs. So it was like, okay, you had to accomplish something here and something beyond the norm. A 50-something game regular season. I mean, last year the Nats were 19 and 31, 50 games into the season. Yeah, I guess here's the way I look at it because this this has been brought up before, and I somewhat agree with this. The Spurs, I think their first title was 99 in a lockout year, right? And, and yeah. but the fact that the they were game, able, yeah, the, the game regular season, but the the way they were able to back it up with you know numerous titles afterwards certainly helped them out. I guess I guess for me I'd take it, but it would feel a little bit cheaper if it was the first. If that makes any sense, I think there's a new generation yeah, of tw- yeah, there's a new generation yeah, of Twins yeah. fans. Ugh, you know, true. No, that's true. And listen, I mean, it's been you know almost thirty years. I mean, I get it. I know you would take it. Yeah, And in theory, in the playoffs, you'd still have to get through the Yankees and whoever else. And so I get that part of it would feel real. But I got to admit, I don't know if I can pay attention to the regular season. And my baseball team hasn't won a World Series in 34 years. There, yeah. All right, And I honestly don't know if I could get into it if they made a playoff run 
this year, honestly. Because also, you mentioned the Spurs. Yeah, it was a 50-game regular season, but that's equivalent to a 100-game baseball regular season. Right. You know, I mean, if we if we were playing 80, 90, 100 games, this would feel fine. In fact, hell, most of us have been arguing for a shorter baseball season forever. Well, here's the other thing, too, is the reason that it's always different with the lockouts and the strikes in, in hockey and basketball is the fact that you know, they start their season probably when a lot of people think they should start their season in January, right? I mean, right now, baseball, their their key times is kind of like the Daytona 500 NASCAR, right? Where you get this, the opening day and there's feel good. All 30 teams are still in it. And then, you know, you're the only game in town in July. And, and then all of a sudden we start focusing on training camps for the Vikings and the other 31 NFL teams. So then you really, and then it's all about the contenders. Well, if they don't get things going here in July 15th at the earliest is the regular season start date, I got news for you. And it won't be long. Then we'll see videos of, you know, down in Egan, Vikings training camp. You know, they're going to get lost in the shuffle before they know it, especially if the NBA starts on time, like they said, on July 31st. No doubt. I mean, baseball owns July most years. Yes. And the sport is declining in popularity. Um I will say this, though. I do think something that could work to baseball's favor. Like right now, the Twins have their act together, but there have been years recently in which they hadn't. The expanded playoffs, if Manfred decides to go with that, you know, you you could make the playoffs to be right around 500. There are quite a few franchises who haven't made the playoffs here recently. You know, could some young teams like the Padres, the White Sox, you know, in which it could probably serve their fan base as well if they could taste the postseason. God forbid they even win a round, if you know what I mean. So, you know, that that is the one part of if they go with this shorter season, but they add an extra round of the playoffs and seven or eight teams from each league make the playoffs. That could work to their favor because you're likely going to get five or six markets that haven't had any, you know, what have the Seattle Mariners put a nice little 50-game stretch together? I mean, they haven't made the playoffs since Lou Pinello was their manager. I mean, in 2000, I think, is the last time they made the playoffs. I mean, what if, I mean, that would serve them well, even if they lose in the first round of the playoffs. Yep. No, that's for sure. David Moulton with us again, former KX4 sports director, part of, part of us, Fox Sports Radio down in Fort Myers. For whatever reason, I can't say that today. It also does a lot of stuff. Used to work with us here in this building as well on the sports station. And getting back to what you said about the owners, I'll admit when I first saw the 50-50 proposal, the first one from the owners of the players, I thought, okay, they're trying to just get baseball on the field or whatever. And then a coworker of mine said, now, it looks like they're trying to restructure the whole way that they do this. And then after yep. after last week, I, I didn't believe. Him. I just thought, oh, COVID-19. I'm, this is what, you know, early May I'm thinking this. So they, they just want to do it for the good of America. But when they rejected the player's proposal last week of – a, a, what, 79-game season or whatever it was, and then expanded playoffs, and the owners got most of the revenue for the next two seasons on expanded playoffs, then I said, oh, no, they're actually using a pandemic to try to change the salary structure of Major League Baseball. I mean, is Rob Manford, if if he's doing the bidding for the 30 owners, going to go down as one of the worst commissioners in history? Because this is atrocious. Well, I think we're going to find out Rob Manford's true colors here in the next couple days because the players are done negotiating and the players have said, okay, 
tell us uh, how long the season is and uh, when we report and where. So now we're going to find out. You know, the, the, the BS is over with. We're either Manfred's going to sit down with the owners and say, hey, I don't know what to tell you. They're not playing ball. You're going to have to pony up and pay them, you know, 100% prorated. We need to have some semblance of a season here. Or he's going to recommend a 50-something game season. And my guess is he's going to go 50-something games. That Rob Manfred is not a commissioner. He's an extension of the owners. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, baseball hasn't had a commissioner since Faye Vincent. Well, they, they've yeah. had either an owner who's commissioner or an extension of the owners who's commissioner. That's it. They don't have a commissioner. Rob Manfred is not operating in the best interest of baseball. He's operating in the best interest of 30 owners. That's exactly right. I mean, I know people around here don't like Bud for the contraction thing, but I think for the most part, he he tried to walk through minefields of a lot of stuff he had to deal with. And considering that baseball is financially stable, I think he did an okay job. But you are exactly right. I mean, they haven't had a a, a stand-up commissioner in a long time. And really, baseball hasn't wanted one either, have they? Well, no. Why didn't they fire Faye Vincent? Yeah. That was a coup. I mean, Faye wasn't on the job very long. I mean, a couple of years, and they got rid of Faye Vincent. Yeah. I mean, do you think the owners like the fact that Faye Vincent threw George Steinbrenner out of baseball? Now, it led to the Yankees dynasty, because while he was out of baseball, uh, Gene Michael and company were able to put the whole organization together and draft the core four and all that. But the other owners looked around and said, whoa, hold on a second. You mean to tell me if we screw up, this guy can keep this out of the sport? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Uh, what, so are you thinking they're going to go back to that original March agreement, 56 games, expanded playoffs, and who knows when they're going to start? Is that what you're kind of thinking, David? Yes. Uh, and I would think they would do expanded playoffs because the owners make almost all the money from the playoffs. And what will be interesting is, is that since, you know, the players were proposing to have expanded playoffs for this year and next year. Yes. You know, and so, you know, the owners will miss out on that because they can't unilaterally change the rules for 2021. To me, the tell, Derek, was when baseball proposed, I think it was 82 games, and the players proposed like, I don't know, 110 or something close to that. And then the owner's next offer was 50. Mm-hmm. It was like, wait a minute, how do we go from 80 to 110 to 50? I mean, you know. I think the players were thinking, well, okay, we're going to settle at 90-something. Right. But, you know, to me, when the owners came back with, you know, they proposed 80, the players said 114, and then the owners came back with, like, 48. Yeah. And that's when the players started looking around going, oh, okay, this isn't serious. Yeah, I, well, I, watch, it, yeah. I watch enough house hunters with Amber, you know, when they start putting offers in there. <laughs> <laughs> that he, right. you, you don't go from, well, I think we can get them down to twenty five grand, and then the owner oh. comes back and says, no, I'm actually going to increase it thirty oh. grand. You know, that, that is not, not how well, it works. Derek, Derek, listen, there are many of your listeners right now who care far more about this sport than I'd say half the people who own teams in it. Sure. I mean, honestly, I, I question just how much some of these owners truly love baseball, that this is this is a business. This is, a, this is a vanity play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, put it this way. Do you believe what the owner of the Cubs and the owner of the Cardinals said in the last week? That essentially baseball is not profitable. It's an $11 billion annual industry. 
and the owners of the Cubs and Cardinals. The Cubs. I know. And the Cardinals. Well, here's the deal. They said, boy, I don't know. We're really we don't make a lot of money. Well, here's the deal, though. Here's where they're correct because I know what you're getting at. It's much like we talk about farming here, where you can be land rich and cash poor. Because Mark Cuban said this when everyone asked if he's going to buy the Cubs. He goes, you look at the capital with the interest rates and how this is going to work. I just don't know how I can make a profit on it. So what they're going to do is flip it eventually, right? I mean, and that's what they're doing. They can borrow money on the actual worth of the Cubs because the worth of it goes up compared to what they bought it for. I could see that a little bit. But, I mean, you're not going to tell me that the twins with the poll ads who bought it for, what, 30-some million dollars in the 80s, it'd be hard for me to believe that that's not profitable. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, there's well, some. right. I mean, the guy, the guy who bought controlling interest in the Mets in the late 80s paid like $130 million. Now, he's completely mismanaged the team, but the fact of the matter is, if he sold it right now, he could sell it for $2.5 billion. And it does a $130 yeah. million dollar investment. And it's a day after you have a situation where you just sign a deal with Turner Sports or the playoffs and what have you for a billion dollars. <laughs> so that doesn't right. look a good. 40, right. You got a 20% raise from Fox on a nine year deal. And you got a forty percent raise from Turner on an eight-year deal, <laughs> and you're and you're crying poverty. Well, and the other thing people don't understand is that Major League Baseball, for all its faults, they were way ahead of the game on their mobile app, right? I mean, and, and totally. I don't, um, I, I don't think the pe- yeah, people have no idea that ticket sales don't mean as much to baseball now because they were ahead of the game on. The whole thing with the internet and their mobile app, and they make billions of dollars on that, and so much so that the other leagues, like the NHL, I think, worked with them. And same thing with the WWE Network originally worked with them to build their network with Major League Baseball. So people don't understand that that's how profitable that has been for them. It's, it's just crazy, all the other revenue streams that they have that people don't even know about. But I don't know how many of the owners really love the sport. Yeah. They may love the business. They may love owning the team. But I don't know how bent out of shape they are, quite frankly, about what's going on right now. Fans are. Fans are really bummed. Fans miss it. Fans, how much would you love to be able to turn on a Twins game tonight? Oh, it's, you know, we've been running the Twins Classic games, and I, I love them. We're going to finish out here with uh, the 87 and 91 run, you know, with the World Series and what have you. But come July 1st, and you know, we're going to be focusing on the Red Hawks because they're back July 3rd. I mean, just there's only so much you can do. It, so that's been nice. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, for me to go to my pontoon and stuff, I talk about all the time. Mowing the yard with headphones and, you know, going to be able I, – I would work my mowing schedule around Twins games. You know what I'm getting at? So, yeah, yes. it, it, it just – it's totally. Twins on the radio. Hey, be thankful you've got the Red Hawks. Yes. most – most towns in America will not have their minor league baseball this year, including here in Southwest Florida. Well, I said, to, I mean, if I'm Fox Sports Net North and I'm really ESPN, I, you know, they're running South Korean games. I'd be calling this league, wouldn't you? I mean, hey, totally. St. <laughs> Paul Saints and Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks, let's get you on our t- uh, TV station right now. Are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Why not? Baseball's baseball. Oh, absolutely. And, and I hope they get it done. I mean, I, there's just – and you, you've been to Newman Outdoor Field in its beginnings. It would be a nice, picturesque thing. Fargo, North Dakota, here we have baseball. Well, when, and also, 
because, you know, I'm assuming there's still a pitch clock. There was when I was there. Those games move. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the games were always started 7.05, 7.10. They were always done by 9.30. Yeah. Always. It is. Uh, it's something and they it, really could take advantage of. Yep. Well, hopefully we'll be seeing that on ESPN or Fox Sports Net here <laughs> very soon if Major League Baseball can't get its stuff together. Well, David, first and foremost, I know many of my listeners who have loved to you know listen to you as a guest here and certainly going back to your time about over 20-some years ago now when you were in Fargo doing TV and radio here in this building. Glad to know that you're uh, good and healthy now, and we'll keep you up to date on that, uh, all our listeners up to date on that. And, again, they can follow you on Twitter as the real David – the David Moulton at the David Moulton is how you can uh, follow David. David, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again very soon. I do appreciate it. Derek, thanks for your concern. Thanks so much to many of your listeners who have reached out and all the best. David Moulton, again, he is on Fox Sports Radio down in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, former KX4 sports director here, part of the uh, ticket now known as 740 The Fan. I worked with him back in 97, 98, and uh, just so glad he's doing well. If you just tuned in, uh, was fighting cancer. He uh, had kidney cancer, had a uh, kidney removed. Is back at work now. Is doing really good, uh, recovering. Of course, he's staying at home health-wise and everything else that's going on. You know, Florida's opened up a lot more, but uh, so good to hear that David is doing well. I hope that uh, you feel the same way.